Good morning. And almost goodbye 2019. I just blessed to be in it. You know, something happened to me this past week. It was great. Wait a minute. Hold up. I got, they tell me I got to do something. I'm not on yet. Hold up. Hold on. Hello. Hello. Hey. Yeah, something happened to me this past week was great. I went to IHOP with my family. That's great. But guess what happened? I ordered off a senior meal. I ordered off a senior meal. I never done that before. I was sitting there and I was about ready to order my regular stuff and my wife said, you can order off the senior meal. <laughs> and she ordered, she took my order, but I ordered the regular, but I did it as a senior. And then yesterday I went to my daughter's volleyball game. I walked in, paid and stuff, and my wife, she had to come, so I went back with her and they said, well, seniors don't pay. I got $9 back. I'm going to do this old thing great. I'm going to get, I mean, I'm going to walk into restaurants. And, I'm doing, I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to get it. I'm getting my discount. I haven't got my AARP card yet. Has anybody have one? How do you get it? How do you get it? You, you, they send it to you? Oh, oh, okay, good. <laughs> I'm trying to get that. But welcome, everyone, seniors and juniors alike. We are blessed to be here. We are blessed to be here. I won't hold you long. Uh, uh, well, I might because we have uh, uh, no service tonight, so I can roll two sermons into one. Uh, Y'all, this sermon I just entitled A New Year with a new mind. Now every year we come up with new, 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 it's new resolutions, new and stuff. But uh, we're gonna take an approach this uh, morning and then the sermon will be yours. And we just pray that God bless you uh, into the new year. Uh, it, it is not a guarantee, close as we are, still not a guarantee. So we ask God to bless us and as we go into it, that we go into it with the idea of not what's happening to us, but what God could do in us that we could happen for him. Amen? Let us bow. Good God in heaven, thank you so much. Lord, let us take off uh, this me for a second, and let's put on you. Let us not worship this morning about what I want, and what I feel, and what I'm used to, but let's wake ourselves up by putting you on and worshiping you in spirit and in truth and thinking about you and thinking about what we can do for you not what we can get from you forgive us of sins Lord because there are a lot who are in sin Lord uh, bless us when we're hurting because there are a lot that are hurting bless us Lord when we're confused because there's a lot that are confused be with us Lord give us hope Allow us to know where to look. Let us lean on you, God. Forgive us the sins again and bless us, Lord, into this new. It's in Jesus' name we ask these blessings. Your son and my loving Savior. 
And the family said, Amen. If you will, uh, uh, turn with me in 2 Corinthians, the uh, fourth chapter, Keith. If you could pick it up at uh, verse 14, before we get too into this, Paul here is writing this book to the church of Corinth and is about ready to give, later on in the book, an apologetic or defense of who he is in Christ as an apostle. But before that, he's talking about the sufferings that he's gone through, his trials and tribulations of life. So he begins to tell us about his sufferings that caused him to even uh, uh, hate living because the pain and the suffering that he's going through so much is, is just damaging him to the point where he says, we, we wished we longed for death, but it was through God. It was through God's power that allowed us to stay. And so now because of that, we are a message from God to you. So he gets down to chapter five, uh, four and started verses 13, and he says, It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. He's talking about the hope that he has in Christ in preaching the word and the torment that he goes through through preaching the word. And so he says, this temporal body and pain that I'm suffering right now, I don't pay attention to it because of what is to come, my joy to come. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Mm. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since that is, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now listen to what he's about to say. In chapter 5, verse 1, listen to what he's about to say. He just talked about this temporal body that he lives in that is being tormented, that is beaten, that is tired, that has been pressed. He said, I don't worry about this one because I know that uh, uh, what is to come is better. Listen to what he says in verse 5, chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed. If this body that I walk around in is destroyed. We have a building from God. We have a building from God. An eternal house. An heaven. eternal house. In heaven. In heaven. Not built by human hands. Not built by human hands. Amen. You see, Christians are constantly trying to run from death. Somebody gets sick, we want to pray them, pray them alive, keep them alive, keep them alive. But here Paul says, because of the life I live, I long to get rid of this tent because of the suffering that I go through, because I have learned how to get rid of this world. Paul said, he said, I don't count anything that I have in Philippians, I believe it is. He said, everything that I have, I count it as dung. 
as wasteless because I have learned what true value is. It is not the car that I drive. It's not the house that I own. But it is uh, uh, the home that is in the house. That's the value. And that home is being renewed by the power of God. It is that strength that Paul says, I'm able to say, I can get rid of this body. You understand what we're saying? So we want to come into uh, 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 this new year with a new mind of being able to see what true riches are. So why is this? This is important. Because when you go down to verse 17 in chapter 5, he lets us know the importance of everything. If you could read verse 17 and keep going. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Mm -hmm. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Yes. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Yes. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Uh-huh. As though God were making his appeal through us. Through us. Yes, sir. Keep going. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had Listen, no listen to this. This is the true riches. God made him, Jesus Christ, who had no sin. He made him to be sin for us. And he made us because we had sin. And because Christ was made sin, that made us now the righteousness of God. So every day I know when Satan pounds me, this old body, when you walk up the step, who can amen me when you walk up the step and you get a little pain? Yeah, that senior thing ain't fun all the time, is it? You know, your body, my body used to look nice. I saw some pictures of me when I was young. I was a handsome old fellow, neck down. I was kind of cute. But, man, you get older. I'm about ready to step down the steps. There's something I noticed about me getting old. When I'm getting ready to step down the steps, I used to just walk down steps. Now I got to count them. There's three of them. Okay, one, two, three. I'm good. But, 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 and I'm not that old, but it's, it's fun to joke about it. But y'all, the reality of life, man, what's the true riches? The true riches, if you would go back up and read verses 9 and 10, let's look at the true riches of God. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Mm -hmm. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Man, you hear that? The true riches is to make your goal to please God. Why? Because one day he's going to come back and judge me for everything done in my body. So what's the true riches? It's not about getting a job. It's not about getting married. It's not about getting a career. It's not about buying rich uh, uh, and lavish things. It's not about getting things. True riches are about giving things. Now, our sermon is going to come quickly from 
verse uh, 17. Could you read that again? And we'll have three points and then we'll be through. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has If anyone come. is in Christ, that's going to be our third point. I'm dyslexic. I'm going to work on it. That's going to be our third point. Our second point is, if anyone's in Christ, what happened? The new creation has come. He's a new creation. That's my first point. The old is gone. The old is gone. My second point. Now, what's my third point? In Christ. So the first point is the new creation. I'm going to throw the scriptures at you. The new life in Christ, we hear about it in 1 John 1, 7. The Bible says, if we walk, where? In the light, as he is in the light. Then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us of all unrighteousness. That's the new light of walking in the light. See, I, I want to change the image of church in people's minds. When people hear the word church, I want to take out of their mind, Colton. I want to take away from their mind coming to this building and sitting down and doing things. I, th that is what we do. But I want to take that out of their mind from the first thing we think of. Because you talk to the world, you say, how you doing? Where do you go to church? What do they first thing they think? I'll go over here at this church, that title, and that location, and this with preaching, that preaching, this, that, and the other. I want to remove that to, from the first thing to their mind to what church is not a thing, but an action. Uh, uh, the Bible said they will know us when we show love for one another. So when they hear the word church, I want them to think of an action, not a building. I want them to think of a, 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 a disposition of life. Because this new creation, this new life, this one is, is renewed in Christ. And, and what happens is the Holy Spirit is directing me, and I need to see that because I'm a new creation, God is trying to bring me new realities. He's trying to bring me new things to think of. He's trying to give me new perspectives. So when I think of church, I'm not thinking of something that is a, 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 a noun so much. I'm thinking of uh, uh, as an action. I heard there's a book written called God is a Verb. God is a God of action. Uh, 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 the church, it is an entity of action. Uh, what church do you go to? That's not a relevant question in the Bible. Uh, where do you go to church? That question does not even make sense to the first century church. When you said church to the first century church, they thought of teaching you a better way of living. They thought of teaching you Christ. They thought of teaching you reality, spiritual realities, over uh, earthly realities. Their idea of the church was an entity that went throughout the world spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what the idea of church was. It wasn't a building on a certain day doing religious uh, activities. Their ideal of church had a new perspective. It had an idea that God came in Jesus Christ to redeem the world from their sins. So I want that idea. I want that uh, 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 that new creation to have that idea. First uh, John one seven, walking in the light. The second, uh, also, I lost my notes. Uh, uh, don't be like the uh, don't be like the world. The new creation shouldn't live like the world. 
Romans, the 12th chapter, the Bible says, I, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Uh, therefore, be, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove that perfect will of God. We need to be transformed from the world. That's the new creation. We are attempting, and we have the power to be, act, think, and look different than the world. That's our agenda. I don't want to have the same kind of family that my next door neighbor have. I, I, I want to have a family that's going to stand out and know their purpose, know why they're here, know what they're doing, know where they're coming from, know where they're going. I want that kind of family. So I raise my family in that agenda. My kids ask me all the time, well, mama, so-and-so, uh, I mean, daddy, so-and-so uh, does it. You know, you remember when we was a kid, your kid parents would say, well, if, if your friends would all go run off a bridge and jump off a bridge, would you follow them? And you would say, yeah, but not out loud. But, you know, they're trying to tell you, I'm not trying to train you like them. I have an agenda. The new creation, we have an agenda. Why? It's to be transformed from the world into Christ. The Bible said in Philippians 2, let this mind which was in Christ Jesus be also in you. First, uh, 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 Matthew, the sixth chapter, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's what God is trying to get us to do, to seek God first. Uh, uh, secondly, uh, uh, don't let, excuse me, uh, desire the word. First Peter 1, 2, the Bible says, uh, 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 in the chapter, verse 2, he says, as newborn babes in Christ desire the sincere milk, the pure milk of the word, that you may grow. I played a, 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 a video last week about studying the word of God. Say, so if you study the word of God one time, there's really no effect. You study it two times, minimal effect. Study three times, there's a little bit effect. A week. Study three times a week, there's a little bit effect. But it did the study said on the fourth time, when you study the Bible four times a day, I mean four times a week, he said it generally spikes off the chart. From one, which didn't affect, two did not affect, three, there was like a little heartbeat, but four, it spiked off the chart. It said when you study the Bible four times a week, on the average, he said, that depression dropped 30%. Loneliness dropped 60%, I believe it was. Uh, 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 people stopped viewing things that they shouldn't be viewing on the uh, Internet. Relationships, they became better. And then on the positive side, it said when you do that four times a week, people begin to disciple and share the gospel over 200% more. That, that little bit. Now let me get so well, Brother Lane, what's the problem? What, what's stopping a lot of folks from worshiping right now? It's called life. Some of you sitting back right now, and you can't hear me because you're too worried about life. It's something stirring in your life. There's something brewing in your heart. There's something that's going wrong. There's something that went wrong, and it's pending. God said, I came for that. That's my job as the church, is to let the world see that God is relevant. 
not just in this building on Sunday, but in their job on Monday, in their home on Tuesday, at play on Wednesday. God is relevant. That's the new creation. That's our agenda. Uh, uh, um, also, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Just said that John 3, I mean, uh, Colossians 3, 16 and 17. And then Christ lives in me. Paul said, it's not I that live, but Christ who lives in me. That's the agenda of the new creation. The second point is, the old is gone. Leave the old behind. If you're taking notes, put down Galatians 4, 8, and 9, where he says, uh, uh, read it for me. Galatians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. And then we're ever reaching the old, uh, uh, we're, we're leaving it behind. In, in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, he says, we're ever reaching for a mark of a higher call, leaving behind the old. I'm leaving it behind, and I'm reaching farther. I'm not living in the past. There's so many people who can't go forward because of their past. I know uh, some young people who didn't know who their father was. And they are constantly stuck in the past trying to find why their father left them. I said, baby, you may never get that answer. Get out of the past. That's what Satan wants you to stay. I can't go far. Why? Because of my past. Paul said, that's why Jesus died, so you can get rid of that past. I'm ever reaching, so getting rid of the old. And now Christ lives in me. But read in Galatians 4. Uh, uh, about the old lifestyle. Galatians 4, to verses 8 and 9. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature... Before you didn't know God, and you were by nature slaves. Raise your hand if you want to be a slave. Yeah, you do. We'll talk afterwards, and I'm not talking about to a good slave master. You know, y'all know what I mean. No one wants to be a slave to, uh, 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 to anyone on this earth. You know, husbands are, but, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, he said, by nature, because before you knew God, by nature you were slaves. But now. But now. That you know God, or rather are known by God. Not only do you know God, but more important, he knows you. How now, we're talking about trying to reach back, not only remember the old, but live and act in the old. You got a lot of Christians who are walking around the walking dead. They're alive in Christ, but they're still trying to live in their old past sin. But keep reading, preacher. How is it that, excuse me, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? Notice what he said. The weak and miserable. Do you know there's a lot of Christians, have you ever heard a Christian say, you know what, don't make me mad because I wasn't always a Christian. <laughs> yeah, see, some of y'all giggling because y'all used that before. Some of y'all know what I mean by, you know what, you don't want, I, I didn't always know the Lord, I'll come at you. You know, wait a minute. Do you understand when you're talking about going back and, you know, beeping up and acting like you don't know Jesus, you're actually losing power? You're not going back to a strong, you're going back to weak and beggarly elements. 
When you keep on living life and act like, well, you know, God just going to have to forgive me. No, he doesn't. You know, when people just going to keep on living in old lifestyles and keep on working in the same old system. And God has said, I, you died. You're supposed to be dead. But every time you come to church, everything got to be about you. I got, I, they, they ain't sing the song I like. I don't like that one happened. When they, oh, they got in my seat. Oh, we're going too long. Well, why'd they sing that song? Everything's about you. It's about you. You know, just about you. So this year, we're trying to get us a new mentality. Leave that old stuff alone. God is trying to get us to reach Father. And when God is trying to get us to reach Father, he's bringing us into a new reality. A new reality that will let me know there is bigger out there. God is trying to let us know, I have a bigger life than you planned. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. Ephesians 3.20. God is trying to open a door that you won't open. He got it set right there in front of you. You won't touch the now. Why? Because you're too busy trying to live Larry. Well, in baptism, Larry got buried. Why? Because I died in repentance. And he's keep on trying to get Christians to see. Stop trying to reach back for that old you. It's not doing any good, and it's killing you. And eventually, it's going to send you to a hell. Better leave him alone. Leave that old man alone. And so, finally, anyone, I'm going to Romans, I mean to the uh, first point. Read verse 17 again. Therefore. Therefore. Now, therefore. What is therefore, therefore? It's letting you know what I'm about to say is linked to what I've already said. And what I've already said set the conditions on why I'm about to say what I'm going to say. They are connected. Therefore, if anyone, if, anyone, if, small word, big meaning, I would give you a million dollars if, wait a minute, no I wouldn't, that's not true, that's not true. But if, if anyone is in Christ, is in Christ, if you are in Christ, now how do you get in Christ? Thank you, I'm glad you asked. How do you get into Christ? The first thing you must realize that there is a Christ. You got to understand that, that there is a Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God with us or God in us. And he came for a specific reason. He said to seek and to save the lost. That's the first thing. But you have to understand immediately after that who the lost is. You see, a lot of people know how to point fingers. We was reading this morning, uh, Will, in Genesis. Uh, uh, Genesis. Uh, uh, you was talking about the finger pointing. You know, we like to point fingers. Oh, who fought it? This, 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 this. You know what? Everybody needs to know that lost is you. You got to understand, first God came to save the lost. 
and that is you. And how is he going to do it? Well, he lived a perfect, sinless life, and he died a cruel death, but it couldn't keep him. He was buried because he died on the cross. He was buried, but he got up again the third day according to the scripture. And because of that, I, the lost, have a, a, a privilege to be saved. Now, what does lost mean? That doesn't mean that I'm walking around here and I don't know where I live. That means I don't know where I come from. That means that I don't know where I'm going. I'm lost. So the lost is that a man without God will die. The Jesus said in John 3, if you die not believing, you have already condemned yourself. Now I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this boldly, and I don't mind saying this. If you die without Mohammed, you're going to be okay. If you die without Confucius, you're going to be okay. If you die without knowing Michael Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, you're going to be okay. But if you die without Christ, Jesus said, where I am, you cannot come. See, how do we get into Christ? Because Christ is the only thing that saves us. Well, the Bible says in, 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 in uh, Romans the sixth chapter, the Bible says in verse 3, or don't you know that as many of us as were baptized, where? Into Christ have put them on. If you haven't been baptized into Christ, then you stand outside of him in sin. Well, let's go into the new year new. Because he said, uh, uh, behold, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation, and everything in the past is gone. Man, wouldn't that be good? What would happen if you woke up tomorrow and all your debtors came and said, all your bills are gone? Ooh, please, Lord, let that happen. What would you do if you woke up and you had a fight with the wife? And she tapped and said, all fights are forgiven. Would you like that, kid? You in trouble? Your parents said, I'll get you when I get home. You ever parents ever do that? Boy, that's, that's more dangerous than getting hit right there. Because you got to dwell on it. Wait till we get home. <laughs> but all bills are paid. In Christ Jesus, you are washed of sin. And everything becomes new. You start over as a newborn babe. Won't you like that in 2020? So he says, to get into Christ, you have to be baptized into him. Why? Because when you're baptized into Christ, baptism, the Bible says in Acts 22, 16, it washes away sins. In Acts 2, 38, it says, it is, uh, uh, then we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says in Acts 2.42, we're added to the family. That's the place of salvation. Forgiveness of sin, filled with the Holy Spirit, added to the family of God. Then you are made new. If you haven't put them on yet, we're calling you right now. We're calling you to have the mindset of saying, Lord, speak, I'll hear. Command and I'll obey. We want you to put them on. 
If you haven't put them on, we're calling you right now as we together stand and sing the song of invitation.